0: This is a Tadad podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Tadad podcast. I am Malcolm Kibavets, and I currently serve as the senior tax expert at the African Tax Administration Forum, but also work across the continent providing support for tax administrations. From January 17th, January 31st this year senior management of revenue administrations of six African countries including Ghana, Kenya, Rwanda, Somalia, Tanzania and Uganda participated in a training workshop the TARAT methodology. In this two-part episode of the TARAT podcast I speak with five senior executives of the Kenya Revenue Authority and the Controller of Budgets Kenya about the TARAT training lessons learned its applicability and the plans the respective departments have for the implementation of good practices in revenue administration. Welcome to the podcast, Madam Rispa Simiyu, the Commissioner of Domestic Taxes at the Kenya Revenue Authority.
1: Thank you, Alfred.
0: It's a pleasure having you here. As a Tarat Scheme Commissioner. What role do you see Tadat playing as a tool to improve compliance management in domestic taxes at KRA?
1: Thank you, Alfred. I think, um, first, it's a pleasure to be here and to share just insights on my key takeaways from uh, what came out of the training, as you had earlier mentioned. So looking at uh, Tadat, I think my bigger appreciation was what we do versus what best practice expects of us. And looking at the various POAs as, as uh, engaged, uh, what we engaged in under uh, TADAT, I could relate quite a bit of that with what our current corporate plan, which is the eighth corporate plan dictates, the theme of the corporate plan, our main focus areas, which are the what we call the strategic areas. And just looking at our theme, maybe as a starting point, it's Revenue mobilization through tax simplification, technology-driven compliance, and tax base expansion. Now, what are the key focus areas which we intend to drive so as to achieve this goal, and how then TADAT comes in? We are looking at four focus areas, uh, one being revenue, and what is expected outcome? Improved tax compliance. Going back again to TADAT and the performance outcome areas for example, looking at supporting voluntary compliance. Those are some of the key insights I drew out of that that then will drive this specific uh, strategic area. Looking at customer, what is our expected outcome there? Increase customer satisfaction. Again, looking at the POEs as we engaged in uh, during the training. Again, this customer satisfaction cuts across literally all the nine, because our improvement of these areas then in essence means that it drives then the customer satisfaction. Again, business processes, our expected outcome, improved uh, organizational effectiveness, and the people enhanced, basically productivity of our staff. Drawing comparisons and drawing, just drawing from the POAs, the nine POAs, all these drive all these areas of focus for us. And as such, if we are able to achieve that, having come from the TADAT training and Tradat as a tool, the end goal will be to improve compliance management. Um, thank you, Alfred.
0: Thank you very much. I could see that um, there's a good link with respect to what you're doing um, at KIA and also the the good practices stated in the tarant. Um, uh, With respect to the second question, how well does the current dispute resolution mechanism at KIA relate to the international good practice?
1: Thank you, Alfred. Our current dispute resolution has undergone certain changes in the past uh, couple of years, so to speak. Prior to 2018, we had a process where the assessor and the reviewer were under one house. And when I talk about one house, it means in this case, the commissioner in charge of domestic taxes was responsible for both assessing and reviewing the objection from the taxpayer. And again, picking lessons from Tadat that which dictates or rather speaks to best practice, the ideal situation was that the assessor and the reviewer should be two different and distinct parties. So, what we did going back to 2018 is that the process of reviewing objections was moved from domestic taxes and was now, is currently now housed under the legal services and board coordination. And one would ask why under legal services? It is simply because as we're looking at the overall tax dispute mechanism, legal deals with tax disputes, um, addresses tax disputes from three, I think I would say generally three different forms. One is that bit of the independent review of objections, so reviewing the assessments. Two, litigation, as it is also one of the key areas where they look at dispute resolution. And also third, last but not least, the alternative dispute resolution mechanism. This is a process that was introduced in Kerry going back, I think, 2015. Yes, 2015. And it is a process that has picked up quite a bit with many taxpayers embracing it, having proven that it's a system that works. Now, key to note is that this improved dispute resolution mechanism uh, process is not just inward facing. It is external. Taxpayers are aware of it. Taxpayers have access to it. And when a taxpayer is assessed, then they have the right of objection. Once the objection comes through, it goes to this independent review of objections process, which we uh, abbreviate as IRO, again, under a different department. And if the taxpayer still feels aggrieved by the outcome of that process, then the next step is to the tax appeals tribunal. Now, the tax appeals tribunal, this is an independent outfit, independent of the Kenya Revenue Authority. Now, if a taxpayer still feels aggrieved, there's still the whole court appeal process, which then means if they're aggrieved by the outcome of the tax appeals tribunal, they have recourse uh, at the high court, at the court of appeal, and even subsequently, if need be, at the Supreme Court. So looking at this process, I would actually say it's a very good mirror um, of the best practice. Now, the key thing also that I learned from the TADAT uh, engagement back in January was that best practice dictates that objections should be reviewed within a window of 30 days. I would say as the Kenya Revenue Authority, and this is backed also by our laws, we are not there yet because our laws currently dictate 60 days. So apart from the graduated process, which we currently have in place we are eventually working towards the 30 days so the law says 30 days but it has not stopped us from having from resolving disputes Uh, depending on the materiality and, you know, the weight of these issues within 30 days. And again, also to say something small about the ADR process, the alternative dispute resolution process, our laws recognize the alternative dispute resolution process and either the taxpayer or the commissioner can actually engage the mediator because we've taken the mediation mode. The mediator who also is housed in the legal department to engage in the alternative dispute resolution process. As you appreciate, mediation does not impose a position, but all it does is to encourage parties to reach a certain um, outcome where they then agree to agree but if that does not happen, then there is the overall process, as I'd explained earlier.
0: Thank you very much. You could see that um, uh, the, the good comprehensive reforms in KIA, especially in this area. And obviously, promoting the independence of the dispute resolution process is key. And also ensuring that taxpayer um, disputes are dealt with within the shortest possible time. I think that's good news um, with respect to KIA. So good day um, and welcome, Dr. Margaret go um, the controller of budgets for the Kenyan government to the TARAT podcast.
2: Thank you very much.
0: With respect to TARAT, um, how best do you see the applicability of the TARAT tool in relation to enhancing own source revenue in the subnationals?
2: Uh, the TARAT tool, as I came to learn about it when I took the training, is a very good tool for enhancing on-source revenues in the sub-nationals or the counties as we call them here in Kenya. This tool has already been applied to a few of the sub-nationals that I'm aware of. I have viewed one of the reports and what I noticed is that there have been difficulties in the sub-nationals following best international practice as far as revenue action is concerned. This is mostly to do with documentation of revenue management systems, not adopting uh, standard operating procedures, as well as uh, lacking infrastructural capability to support on-source revenues. And what I saw from Tadat 2 is that it provides all the items that are lacking currently in our sub-nationals. The tool will come in handy in a number of ways, which I will list. One is that it will help in formulating a high integrity tax register for all of them, because there's really none that have a good register right now. We'll also have them embedding a risk management a framework within their practices that they'll reduce compliance costs to the taxpayers. And then again, the enactment of e filing and electronic payment of taxes will be introduced. There'll be sound debts and arrears management. There'll be enforcement of measures that entail accurate reporting in declarations, as well as effective and efficient dispute resolution. In addition, the sub nationals will have efficient revenue management in terms of complete records in their revenue management, as well as transparency and accountability to the government and the citizen.
0: Thank you very much, Doctor. Mr. Andrew Jorger, thanks for joining us. Can you kindly introduce yourself? My name is Andrew. Jeroge
3: and the Deputy Commissioner in Charge of Corporate Risk Management Division
0: and the Strategy uh, Innovation and Risk Management. Um, According to good practices, how should tax administrations tackle compliance risk management to enhance voluntary compliance and revenue collection?
3: Okay. um, Of course, the tax system relies on uh, Taxpayers' voluntary compliance. This is to comply with the laws with regard to registration, firing on time, firing when due, payment on time, and also reporting accurately and completely. Tax administrations must adopt a compliance model that promotes a deeper understanding of the taxpayer, especially their circumstances, the characteristics and also the, what motivates them. This assists uh, a tailored compliance strategy to improve compliance. That is whether you are going to do education, whether you are going to engage, or whether you are going to enforce. The ultimate aim of this compliance model is actually to influence as many taxpayers as possible to move down the pyramid into willing to do the right thing. That is the soon where you are actually complying, paying, whatever is supposed to be paid on time. But analysis of this compliance behavior may assist to address the actual or the root cause of the non-compliance rather than the symptoms. Because if you don't understand the symptoms, you can actually not know how to address this compliance, non-compliance. The determination of which uh, strategies to adopt to achieve these is predetermined through an evaluation of the overall compliance risk posed by taxpayers, you know, based on their individual circumstances and even sector-based circumstances. KRA need to differentiate its treatment of taxpayers in accordance to their tax ability, their ability to meet their responsibilities in tax and circumstances they face they in doing so. That is ease of compliance and and all that. Compliance model clearly links the degree of compliant attitude. That is the consequence behavior. And uh, in applying this model, KRA considers all information. There is a lot of data analysis which is done from the available data, from data from the returns assessment, and also studies which are done together with any understanding on why the previous non compliance is there. So, basically, that's what I would like to say in that particular question on compliance and revenue collection. And uh, certainly, what I've said is going to address uh, the non compliance.
0: Thank you, Alfred. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, going over to human capital risks, right? Human capital risks is a new area for most tax administrations. How can tax administrations leverage on TADAT training to enhance human capital risk? I'll also kindly ask you, Anu, to give an example of a human capital risk that you believe Kenya revenue authority tackled in line with good practices. Thank
3: you. This is a good addition on TADAT, and certainly, tax administration must strengthen the governance structure that manages human capital risk, Uh, because most revenue authorities are service-oriented, they rely on their officers to actually undertake compliance journey. Uh, active governance structure comprises of like uh, a tax administration which has a governance structure. Like in KRA, we have a human, human resource um, a committee, a board committee, which actually look at the human capitalists. They are devised on the areas where they need to rooket the mitigation strategies, and KRA has also included these in their multi-year and annual plan strategies that will optimize human resource uh, capital and capability, and also compliance. And um, this is through training and, and staff enhancement. And we have a uh, KESLA, that is uh, Kenya Levenue Authority Training Institute, um, where a lot of um, our, our staff goal for capacity building. Also, in addition, TRA has improved performance. Performance management is actually to build capacity uh, to ensure that productivity has been improved and also to ensure that um, KRA culture and value systems have been addressed. You know, in uh, performance management, members of staff actually sit and agree this, the, the targets with their supervisors, with their line managers, and meetings are held. In fact, these meetings are supposed to be documented, recorded, and uh, these, they also meet uh, on a quarterly basis to assess the performance and agree on areas to improve all any sub-skills development which is required. Also, in addition, KRA we report um, human capital risk uh, using our corporate risk management uh, framework through the monitoring, which is done uh, every quarter, and uh, top management actually give the team one give directions on the areas which we need to look at. In addition, succession planning has been emphasized in all the departments to ensure that uh, the capability and the capacity is addressed through those programs. That's what I would like to say in terms of um, uh, this. And TARAT has, has greatly assisted us by giving us the good practice so
0: that we can build our uh, human capital risks. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's very good. And I could see that um, uh, Kenya Avenue Authority is implementing these principles to improve um, domestic revenue mobilization. Welcome Mr. George Mwagui, Deputy Commissioner ICT at KRA
4: to the Tadat podcast. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm happy to have me here um, for this particular broadcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure.
0: So, George, CARE um, implemented an ITAC tax system that generates pin to taxpayers. According to international good practices, what gaps do most tax administrations encounter when dealing with the tax register? How best can good practices assist tax administrations improve in the area
4: of POA1? Right. Thank you much, Fred. In terms of the key challenges and gaps that tax administration do encounter in dealing with the taxpayer register first is that uh, most of the times uh, tax administrations uh, have multiple registration systems for taxpayers. And what do I mean? They possibly have a register for different tax heads and which becomes difficult in terms of a you know, tax compliance. Number two is that compliance process is also affected by the fact that the taxpayer is not able to update their tax records in a tax register. And for which reason, then it becomes difficult to follow up taxpayers in the events that you need to contact a taxpayer for the purpose of following up on, on compliance. So, the facility or a process that allows taxpayers to maintain an updated register becomes of paramount importance to the compliance process. The, the other aspect, of course, is that compliance is also faced by needs to give taxpayers some special attention. And for example, we're looking at uh, taxpayers like a uh, large taxpayer office or ta- taxpayers falling in the taxpayer, large taxpayer office. Uh, We are looking at high net worth individuals who, in terms of compliance process, may require to be given some special attention. So a revenue authority which is not able to maintain a high quality tax register means, therefore, they don't have up-to-date information in terms of classification of their top taxpayers and also details around the contacts of those taxpayers. So to that extent, then, the compliance process for a tax authority is then impacted by virtue of not being able to segregate taxpayers, having their up-to-date details, contact details, and so forth. So it's it's important for a tax authority, therefore, to ensure they're able to maintain a unique taxpayer register, They're able to update the taxpayers' details uh, online if possible, and as much as possible, and also provides personalized service to the high-network individuals, for example, or even, if you like, uh, their top contributors in revenue. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. Welcome to the TARAT podcast, Madam Grace wender Can you kindly introduce yourself?
5: Good afternoon, my name is Grace Wandera. I am the Deputy Commissioner of uh, Marketing and Communication at the Kenya Revenue Authority. Marketing and communication includes uh, customer experience, which is our service delivery arm, and it also has the call center. We also manage reputation uh, on behalf of uh, the authority, at reputation management, PR, and communication. Uh, We also conduct stakeholder engagement and tax education on behalf of the authority. I'm happy to be here to offer insights from what I learned at the TADAT session.
0: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure having you here. So firstly, um, what is your view on the linkage between activities aimed at supporting voluntary compliance and compliance risk assessments?
5: Well, I think compliance risk uh, uh, assessment uh, offers us insights uh, from a marketing perspective in who the taxpayer is. When you think about it, the analysis of tax audits and tax declaration, they give us uh, some uh, insight in who the taxpayer is. For example, their taxpaying patterns, do they understand the requirements of the law? Are they inclined to comply or not? And for us, uh, from a marketing and communication perspective, then we are able to know the communication need of the taxpayer or the education need of the taxpayer. And therefore there is a direct linkage between the two because then our work begins there in terms of understanding the gap that there might be with the taxpayer and how to bridge that gap because supporting voluntary compliance is about helping the taxpayer in areas that might be gray to them. And making sure that we are making it easy for them to comply. So I do see that there is a great linkage between um, voluntary compliance and compliance risk assessment.
0: Thank you. Um, thank you very much, Madam Grace Wender, for having you on this podcast.
1: The Tadat Podcast is available free of charge. The views expressed in the Tadat Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent those of the International Monetary Fund or the IMF policy. Materials from the podcast may be reproduced with proper attribution. Comments and correspondence may be emailed to podcast at TEDAT.org. TEDAT is a collaborative undertaking of the following partners, the European Union, France, Germany, the International Monetary Fund, Japan, the Netherlands, Norway, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the World Bank.